Hi and welcome back to India on 99.9 for the home of cricket audio. I'm Nikesh Raghani, commentator, broadcaster and journalist based in the UK. My co-host Sarah Waris of Wisden. Sarah, how, how are you feeling after yesterday? My predictions have gone horribly wrong. So, yeah, <laughs> not making any more predictions in the future. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> so you predicted... They'll meet three times, India-Pakistan, yeah. in the Asia Cup. India will win all three yeah. of those games, so that, that's not come true. And one will be close, two will be easy. So we were expecting an easy win yesterday, weren't easy we? Easy win but for it was, Pakistan. It was easy, a thrilling game. Easy win for Pakistan. It wasn't easy, come on. It wasn't anything but. And it's, it's from a neutral perspective, which, all right, we're not coming from a neutral perspective. You can probably see the badge if you're watching on on youtube win lose or draw got to stick with the guys um look it was it was a close game and and we haven't been used to seeing a much india pakistan cricket at all in the last decade or, or even a bit longer than that but certainly no real close games yeah. between the two sides it's always pretty one-sided um normally it's india who come out on top the odd pakistan victory over the years as well but this is it goes to show, look, two competitive games, two strong sides, both missing the spearhead of their bowling attack, but both providing good entertainment here as well. Um, I mean, the anticipation, despite the fact they only played last week, the anticipation is still there. I mean, even here in the UK, I was at uh, my cousin's wedding on Saturday, the day before, and uh, we stayed over on Friday night. It was down in London. So, I, you know, I live in Leicester. So we were staying Friday night, Saturday night. Wedding was all day Saturday, so wedding and reception. And all anyone wanted to talk about was India, Pakistan, what's going to happen. And the buzz was there. The excitement was there. And it, it just always, always captures the imagination of uh, even the casual cricket fan, really. There are people coming up to me, uh, you know, extended family members who don't really like cricket that much. But when it's India, Pakistan, they'll tune in. And, and that can be good on one hand for spreading the game to more people, but on the other hand, it can be quite yeah. annoying when you're talking cricket with people who don't know about cricket. And we'll get on to that in just a moment. Um, but just a reminder before we do, uh, you, if you're watching us on YouTube, remember you can get us via your usual podcast provider as well. And please download the 99.94 app uh, for all the best coverage from our network there, including other podcasts and live commentary, uh, which we'll be doing more of uh, at some point in the near future as well. So so let's let's get down to it. Look, they're back in Dubai. India won the first match not convincingly I, I would say, but you know, Pakistan posted a well below par total in that one and India looked for a long period like they're going to make it look quite easy and then it got quite tight towards the end and Hardik hit the six. They come in yesterday, they lose the toss, Rohit Sharma and he would have bowled first as well. But they're sent in and they decide to play with the same intent that they've been talking about and that we've seen in recent times, particularly against England in that short series. Let's start with that. The intent was really good from Rohit Sharma and KL Rahul, yeah. it has to be said as well. Huge respect to him for the way he came out and played. I mean, they were going at 10s early on, more than 10s, and, and it, was, it was brilliant to see. And it was all set up, wasn't it? It was, it was great to see that intent early on. Yeah, and again, it brings up the point, if KL Rahul can do bad this way, why isn't he doing it consistently? In T20Is, yes, he is. But even in the IPL, we would love to see him, you know, go after the attack right from the start. So why isn't he doing it consistently? Um, also, I think one more point is being overlooked off late is Rohit Sharma. He's We've spoken a lot about how he's very... Cons uh, like... Um, going after uh, the bowling from the very start. But he's not able to convert those starts into big scores. Like he's got just 150 after the T20 World Cup last year, uh, which, you know, you expect more from a, the top three. Kohli wasn't in form for the longest time. KL Rahul didn't play a T20 this year. Uh, Rohit Sharma is there. So you expect more consistency from him. He's... Uh, going at a very good strike rate, but that has to start getting converted into uh, big scores also. And I think uh, people are being harsh on Rahul and Kohli and all the other batters. 
but they are kind of ignoring Rohit Sharma's inability to get those big runs also, I think. Yeah, I think part of the reason is obviously he's he's got the intent and he's not maybe converting those into yeah. big scores, but setting the platform maybe plus the fact that he's captain. So when, yeah. when it comes to talking about players who should be dropped from the side, he doesn't come up because we just assume that he's the skipper, he has to play, he's going to play and and that's the end of it. So yeah, no, good point you make. He's, he, he could do with converting one or the two of those uh, into bigger scores. Yeah, especially in big games where anyway the people are injured, they're not around. So, you know, it's time that he bats with the same intent but gets a little more runs also. Absolutely. Um, but it was it was good to see Kale Rahul as well. And let, let's just speak about him in a little bit more detail because we've talked about his failures, uh, being able to take on that particular role at the top of the order and just go out hard. He did it. And look, he got out playing in that manner as well. So fair enough. I think yeah. I, I put out a tweet just before he played that shot to say, look, it's great great to see the intent from KL Rahul, but we need to see him continue in this vein throughout his innings. We don't want to see him mm. now that the power play is done, just go back into his shell and and you know, play conservatively like he can do and like he sometimes does later on in his innings once the power play is done as well. So it was then good to see him at least try and take on the spinner and look, he got caught at long on, but it, he was trying to go for the six and the timing wasn't great because Roy Sherman had gone not too long before, but I think fair play. I, I'm yeah. happy with with that, the, the fact that he was still trying to score runs, still still getting on with it. Again, not making any predictions. Last episode, we've been talking about KL Rahul not being in the eleven. No more predictions from my side, ever. <laughs> well, we did. Well, we said we wouldn't pick him in the eleven. Yeah. We said that the selectors probably would, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. And if they didn't, then we were giving other options as to who we'd like to see in there: Rishabh Pant, etc. Maybe Surya Kumar Yadav promoted up the order, mm. but. It looks as though they're going to stick with Kale Rahul. We, yeah. We've been saying that all along. And, you know, it's, it's one match. It doesn't make Kale Rahul all of a sudden the ideal T20 opener for India. We're not saying that. Yeah. But, we'll, you know, they're going to he give him an opportunity. Yeah. That's the thing. He can do it. So he should yeah. do it more consistently. Even in the IPL, I don't support the team he plays for. But just, you know, as an Indian fan, you would want to see him just score those... 12 balls, 50s. He has done it, so why not? Absolutely. And then uh, let, let's talk about, uh, are we calling him Lord Voldemort now or are we just, just sticking with uh, he who shall not be named? Or shall, shall, let's go for it. <laughs> the king. Yeah. The king coming in at number three. We'll, we'll, we'll stick with the king. It was great to see him mm. uh, play the way he did as well, particularly Early on in well, I say early on. I mean, he, he got his fifty off. What was it, thirty three, thirty four balls? Yeah. So it was, it was great to to see him in that kind of form. And some of the shots he was playing, even early on in his inning, some of the pushes off the back foot, he, he didn't get the results all the time early on in his inning. Some of the balls were going to the fielders, but he was, he was looking like a man on a mission, like he usually is against Pakistan. You know, with a, with an average of. Over 70 now against uh, Pakistan, I believe it is, in T20 internationals. He loves playing against them and he looked relaxed. He looked like a man who's enjoying his cricket for the first time in a long time. And the results were there for all to see. That was almost vintage Kohli yesterday. I, I say almost because I know there's more to come, but we're getting there, aren't we? Yeah. He was coming down the track and even against spin, he looked comfortable against spin. It's been his uh, a big issue for him, but uh, he was taking the singles against spin. His running was excellent, kind of ironic that he got run out in the end, uh, but his running was on point um, and uh, uh, he was pulling the pacers. It was, uh, you know, very good to see. And uh, especially uh, the best thing is his strike rate could have been higher if he hadn't batted with the tail. He was, in the end, he was denying the singles. He had a strike rate of 136, not very bad considering the others, the middle order struggled. Uh, But yeah, he was impressive and it was just good to see, okay, Kohli is back. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, 60 or 44 in the end, uh, so 136, as you say. But 
Before he got out, played out those three dot balls, of course, didn't want to give the strike over to Bouvi, which thought might be a mistake, really. You know, look, mm. you can do it once, you can turn down the single, but to do it on three occasions in the last over, I mean, those, imagine those three or four runs that they could have got, that could have been the difference yeah. in the end. 17 win off the last over of Pakistan in the end, that's what it boiled down to. And then all of a sudden, if it's 11 to win off the final six, that's huge pressure on the Pakistanis. And yeah. the way Arshdeep Singh was bowling, not an easy task. So it could have made the difference. We're not saying that it's down to Kohli necessarily, but it's probably the middle order failure, isn't it, this yeah. time? Because uh, you, you look at the top three and the, the top three all delivered. Kale Rahul, 28 from 20. Roy Sharma, 28 from 16. Kohli, 60 from 44 in the end. And then you've got... The failures, really, I mean, you don't like to call Sirikumar Yadav a failure, but 13 from 10, look, it happens. He's not going to score runs every single time, and it was just one of those days. Rishabh Pant looked like a man all at sea, let's be honest. He he never really got going. The shot he got out to, that reverse Mm. sweep attempt from way outside the line, it was was bowled way down the leg side. He had to drag it, and it was catching practice, really, in the end uh, for Asif Ali in that position. So... He never got going. Hardik Bandia, two ball duck. Deepak Huda played a couple of nice shots. That ramp that, yeah. over the keeper's head in particular was brilliant. But, you know, 16 from 14 in the end, it's not really good enough at that stage. So you look at the middle order and, you know, we, we focus so much on the top order for India, but it's the middle order who couldn't deliver in this pressure situation. Let's first talk about batting order. Were you, were you mm. happy with the batting order? Obviously, Surya has to come in at four, but then Rishab to come in ahead of Hardik and Deepak Kuda pushed all the way down to number seven. Was that the right move, do you think? I think, uh, first of all, it's like, you know, it it was reminiscent of old times when the top order is doing well, India's batting first, struggling, uh, they get a good score in the power play and then struggle towards the end. It's happened for the longest time and Kohli is the one who stands out. So kind of, you know, reminiscent of old times and I hope that doesn't happen in the World Cup. But somehow that's been a trend that catches up with India so often. Uh, And yesterday, um, I was very surprised Dinesh Karthik wasn't picked, especially, you know, Huda didn't, a ball, a single ball yesterday. So why not have Dinesh Karthik, who has a strike rate of 180, 85 in T20 eyes in the death overs. Um, yeah, Pant was sent up to, against left arm, uh, leg spin, left arm spinners, but he got out playing a terrible shot. Karthik Pandya, you know, cricket is such a great leveler. Last week we were talking, he's the greatest T20I cricketer from India. And yesterday, he just had a horrid day with in both departments. Huda, I I really like Huda. But then if he's not bowling, if you're going in with five bowlers, then why don't you have a Dinesh Kartik there instead of Huda? So more than the batting order, it was the selections, which were just a little iffy and yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the the only reason you probably would play Hooder over yeah. DK is to bowl. I mean, maybe they just wanted to cover themselves in that department. But yeah. having said that, if your other bowlers are getting smacked around, then why not try yeah. Deepak Hooder? It's, it's very strange. And, you know, we'll get onto the captaincy in the field in just a moment. But Look, Kohli run out in the last over, as we said. He played out three dot balls. First one was was a wide down the leg side, which helped. And then uh, what the fucker was was going on in the field for Pakistan in, in the, the, those yeah. couple of deliveries as well. Bonus runs yeah. to get India up to 181. And 181 seemed about par. If they got anything less than 180... Yeah. We would have been saying that's below par on that track, which looked really, really good. It was coming on nicely. There was good pace and carry. There's obviously the due factor in the evening as well for the chasing side. So it seemed about par, which isn't great considering the start India got off to. And we talked about the middle order failings there. But some nice bonus runs towards the end. And, and that momentum sometimes can be key, can't it? At the end of an innings, 
you just have a couple of moments like that. Fucker Zaman looked like he was, you know, rabbit in headlights, really. I, I don't know if he, it was just the nerves of the situation. I mean, there was that catch earlier on, wasn't there? Yeah, Which, everyone uh, was expecting it'll get dropped. And, you yeah. know, the old scenes. He did his best where, to, yeah. to, to, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, make that situation happen. But they held on in the end. It yeah. was almost a horrible collision. Um, so there was that. There was a couple of other misfields as well. And then the two that basically gave India two welcome boundaries in that final over, which we didn't see where the hell they were going to come from. Um, and they got up to a par total. Ravi Bishnoi with the strike rate of 400. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Bishnoi, all his birthdays had come at once uh, at that point. But 181, I was thinking at the halfway stage that that's okay. Mm. I mean, if we bowl well, then that's defendable. But... It's no more than par. Yeah. And if Pakistan get going, I mean, the best thing that India could have hoped for maybe was if Barbarazam and um, Mohammed Rizwan did their usual and sort of just knocked it around at a runner ball yeah. for the first six, seven overs and we didn't pick up that wicket and then they get behind the run rate and it's then a lot of catch-up catch up work to do for the middle order and that could have proved to be too much pressure for them. As it was, look, we got Barbar early again, which isn't a bad thing but then the middle order did fire for them and that that was the difference really wasn't it that that middle order coming in and those middle overs of the innings moment the was where, that uh, gamble which absolutely. pakistan took with him paid off so just completely yeah. uh, took took india apart we'll we'll get onto the indian bowling in just a second before we do just a reminder that 99.94 is uh, a lot more than just this podcast jared kimber of course has got red inca which focuses on deep issues Within the game, double century, a look at the history of the game and uh, loads more offerings on the 99.94 network from other countries as well. We've got West Indies on 99.94, the best Caribbean coverage there. We've got England on 99.94. There's always something to talk about with English cricket, whether it be selection, whether it be uh, baseball or whatever they want to call it these days. We've got South Africa on 99.94. And uh, Sri Lanka coming very soon as well. We're excited about that one as well. You can find them all on your podcast providers apps uh, on the 99.94 app as well. And of course, on YouTube. So uh, do go and check the other selections out as well. And talking of selections, uh, India's bowling then. So let's go with the lineup first. I was intrigued by the selection of Ravi Bishnoi. I've called for that on a few occasions mm. on this podcast previously. I just thought, particularly against Pakistan, if they are going to play that extra spinner, I would like to see Bishnoi in there just because, A, Pakistan haven't seen him previously. And yes, Ashwin's got all the experience mm. and he can bat and all those sorts of things. But Bishnoi's got a bit of X factor about him, hasn't he? He's, he's, he's a special talent, a special cricketer, you know, under-19 World Cup star for India. And he's, you know, risen pretty quickly through the ranks in his time, I, I was happy with that. It proved to be a good selection in the end. Let, let's talk Ravi Bishnoi. How, how good is this guy? How good was he yesterday? He had an economy rate of 6.5 when the others were three of the premier bowlers, Bhubaneshwar, Hardik, Chahal, went for over 10 and over, which just shows, you know, how more than his skills, it's uh, his temperament, how he first India-Pakistan game, nerves obviously get to him, but you know, just the way he bowled and he's already impressed in the Under-19 World Cup, in the IPL. And he was just like, okay, I'm here. It's it's no big deal. Uh, why are the others struggling? It just seemed like that. And even Ravi Shastri on commentary was, he was just going on and on praising Ravi Bishnoi. So yeah, it was like one of the biggest positives. And uh in the middle, I was like, at the start, I was probably like, Ashwin should have played. I know you've been a big fan of having uh, Ravi Bishnoi play against Pakistan. But probably, you know, considering it's a big game, probably have Ashwin there. He's not done very badly in T20Is. Uh, but overall, yeah, very happy with how Bishnoi went. Yeah, you can't, I mean, you can't argue with that. His yeah, strike rate yeah. with the bat, yeah. which we'll say tongue-in-cheek, but... <laughs> With the ball, look, four overs, one for 26. The one wicket was Barbarazam. Yeah. So it's it's a pretty good first outing against Pakistan on this stage as well in the Asia Cup, all that pressure. 
um, coming in as well. And the fact that everybody else is getting hit for runs around him, that didn't seem to be putting him off as well. Boovy did what Boovy did early, what he does so well early on. Didn't get the the very early breakthrough, but there was movement for him. Yeah. There was, you know, things were happening, weren't they? And he looked threatening early on. And, and he always does. When the ball's swinging, there's no better man in world cricket to be bowling than Bhuvaneshwar Kumar. You could argue maybe Jimmy Anderson. But, you know, in this format, in white ball cricket, I'm talking about Boovy's the man. When the ball's swinging, he will make it dance and sing and, and do everything. And they didn't look too comfortable with him early on. But coming back for his second and third spells and that penultimate over, really, that's the one that A, made his figures look really bad, 10 and over in the end, one for 40 off his four. But it was just the, the manner in which he bowled and, and the manner in which Pakistan took him apart really I mean look you've got to tip your hat to the likes of Mohamed Nawaz 42 from 20 at that time in the innings as well is is outstanding I mean quick mention for Barbara uh, for Mohamed Rizwan as well at the top of the order you know 71 from 51 striking it just shy of, of 140 we talk about his strike rate as well in relation to Barbara at the top of the order but he kind of did the job that was required of him it was it was those two guys really with those contributions who, who took the game away from India ultimately. But even with those contributions, it, it could have been different if Bhuvi yeah. just managed to claw things back a little bit in that penultimate over to, to go for, for that many and then to leave seven needed off the final over for Arshdeep to defend. Mm. It, was, it was a step too far. And it wasn't just Boovy. Let's talk about Hardik. Let's talk about Yuzi Chahal as One well. One more thing with Boovy is like, he kept committing the same mistakes in his last over. Like he kept bowling the slower ones at a good length, which, you know, Asif Ali likes those good length deliveries. And he was just getting dispatched all over the ground. That misca- uh, drop catch didn't really help. Uh, but yeah, overall, you know, some with someone of his experience, with no Bumrah there, knowing the others have been going for a lot of runs. Oh, 19 runs is, yeah, a little too much. Yeah. Yeah, 19, so off that penultimate over. And, and there, were, there was that tactic as well, just trying to bowl wide of the off stump, those mm-hmm. wide, slower deliveries. But he wasn't going for the Yorkers outside. Yeah. It was those length deliveries still, which obviously one was signalled a wide. There were there were six wides in the innings as well, which we've seen worse, mm. but some of them were just stupid, really. They were just like leg side deliveries where they were looking for that big magic swinging one early on. And then towards the back end of the innings, the batters were staying still in the crease. So it wasn't like they were trying to follow them. Just, just bowl it straight. I mean, the, the ball's yeah. not swinging, so you can't blame the swinging ball or anything like that. It was just a little bit of ill-discipline early uh, throughout the uh, innings and towards the end of the innings in particular. And then Hardik Bandia, we know he can be expensive at times. He's got that tendency, can be brilliant on his day, can bowl his four overs. He probably shouldn't have bowled the four overs. We should have seen some Deepak Huda. We sh- even Kohli, you know, whatever, stick somebody else in for a bit. If if this guy's getting hammered mm-hmm. and going at 11s, Yuzi Chahel, if of course, you're going to bowl him his four overs, but again, going at over 10. When you've got three bowlers, really, who've taken tap out of the five, and you're only going in with five bowlers, then you're always going to be struggling uh, in a game like this. Um, when you've got a par total on the board as well, it wasn't like they'd got 220 to defend and, and they could you know, be yeah. a little bit looser in terms of uh, their discipline out in the field. They had to be on it. And the dropped catch. Yeah. Let's talk about that then. <laughs> I was watching with my eight-year-old who said she could have taken that, <laughs> yeah. which she probably could have. She's not bad in the field, but it was it was such a simple catch. And he knew it was going to be such a simple chance. He was so casual. Mm-hmm. And look, we're not blaming him for the defeat or yeah. anything like that. Nobody means to drop a catch, but he was so, so casual. Just look at the replays. If you haven't seen them back, and that smile listening. on his face, obviously it was an embarrassed smile. But yes. and Rohit Sharma's reaction probably shouldn't have, you know, a little harsh. Uh, that reaction, considering Arshdi was to bowl the next over. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
but the trolling that followed after that was just yeah it's it's very unfair for well, a youngster like him going is. after his identity it happened during india pakistan last year when they went after shami and yeah it's just last episode we spoke about you know being a battle being a war but it's just a sport and many people don't really get that because it's i think probably because of the off field politics and all between india pakistan what's happening is become even more you know like it's a war and they are our enemies and you know you have to win at all costs so it was just Yeah, it's, it was, it's unfair. It's, look, no, nobody needs to drop a catch, right? It's, especially in that kind of situation. And then you get the old, all these idiots who don't yeah. even know anything about cricket. They probably haven't watched a match since the 90s unless it's India-Pakistan. And it's all, ah, oh, it's fixed, it's fixed. Yeah. I mean, just get a life. Just stop <laughs> watching cricket. Stop talking about it. We don't want to hear your opinions. You know what I mean, you, you don't know anything about it. Why, why are you even watching it? If you don't enjoy the sport, if you don't know anything about the sport, you probably don't know half the players. You just, you know, see this guy dropping a catch and, and that's it. You lay into him. You think he's taking, you know, it's, it's just stupid. When he was the uh, most... One thing, one thing I will yeah. say to all these people talking about, uh, I, I saw something floating around. The Indian players made a lot of money today because of all the fixing that They make a lot of money anyway. They could sit on their ass and not play for India, yeah. just play IPL and be millionaires. So they, they don't need the money. They don't need a few grand. It's, it's all stupid, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've seen fixing in the past and, you know, people have been done for it. People have been banned. And it, it who knows if it still goes on. But to say that that was what happened yesterday is just ridiculous. It's disrespectful to Pakistan as well. Mm. And we don't want to do that. Look, we're not here to... We we both want India to win everything, especially against Pakistan and yeah. you know all that. But you got to respect the opposition. At the end of the day, they played better. And he was it. injured. He in the middle. He landed that that injury which he had while he was yeah. uh, wicket keeping, and then to come back Absolutely. and you know just score, give Pakistan that platform. Oh, uh, it's a it's a sport after all, and you're just looking at his. Uh, Arshdeep's uh, catch, that catch wouldn't have won India the game. Um, and even when he came back, he bowled that last over. You were, he got India so close. Like, you know, he just has seven to defend. Um, bowled so well in, in the death. And he ended as uh, the most economical pacer across both sides. By a long way, actually, yeah. in the in, in terms of his Indian colleagues as yeah. well. Look, he went at 7.04 yeah. and over. So to go at 7 and over in that kind of situation where Bhuvi is going at 10s, where yeah. Hardik Pandya is going at 10s, and where even Yuzi Chahel, you know, such an experienced yeah. bowler in this format, is going at nearly 11 and over. I mean, what a great effort from Arshdeep Singh. He, he yeah. wasn't... He wasn't getting as much swing as well when he was bowling early on as well, but just the accuracy that he had and then to come back at the end and to get India so close, really, seven to win off the final over in modern day cricket is, you know, as we say in England, a piece of piss, yeah. which means very easy. It should be done on 99 times out of 100 and unless something freaky happens, you know, mm. this is with wickets in hand, of course, which they had. Unless something freaky happens, you're not going to defend seven off the final six against a quality side like that. So to take it so close. Yeah, still he took the game to the fifth, uh, like the match ended in 19.5 overs. Still, yep. you know, to take the game so close is, it's unfair. And there was like a lot of takes that, you know, India-Pakistan matches should not happen, like because of the attacks and the trolls on these players, which, yeah, it makes sense because these players they lose games they don't purposely lose games but they are uh, they face defeats versus other countries also but then people don't go after them to this extent like they do during india pakistan so when they were playing yeah. every year yeah. when they were playing every year for that period between 04 and 07 okay there wasn't social media hmm. but there weren't burning of effigies and stuff like that if india lost a game So all right, we'll get them next time. Yeah, that's part of the problem. They don't. They hardly ever play yeah. each other. I mean, this Asia Cup feels to me it's like the Asian Cricket Council's 
attempt at making a, a, a mini bilateral series, really, because look, all the hype is about India-Pakistan, and it probably, we understand why, but it's a little bit disrespectful to Sri Lanka and Afghanistan, who are the other two sides still left in the competition, and Bangladesh and Hong Kong, who aren't as well. It's not just about India-Pakistan, but it, but it kind of is to, to the media and, and the, mm. you know, the sensationalist media, shall we say, not people yeah. like us maybe, but it's, it's just it's almost like another bilateral series. So there is another opportunity potentially to beat Pakistan in just under a week's time in the final if yeah. both sides are able to get there and across the line, of course, still some work to do in that respect. But if they did just play each other a little bit more often, it would still matter. It would still be huge and they yeah. don't have to play each other every year. But if they were to do what other sides do and tour each other's country every couple of years, every three, four years, whatever it was, just have one series every two years, either in Pakistan or in India, that would make a huge difference because there there wouldn't be as much trolling. Because And the thing is, uh, it won't be India-Pakistan just meet in these high-pressure moments, the World Cup, so the Asia Cup. So yeah. uh, the pressure anyway is double than what it would be in a bilateral and India-Pakistan, the pressure is 100 times more. So yeah, if there were these bilaterals, people wouldn't really, they would care, but not, you know, to that extent where where one defeat could decide, you know, India's uh, path ahead. So yeah, I don't know if that's happening anytime soon, but like, you know, those bilaterals between India-Pakistan, um, just no, yeah, they're not. They're not. <laughs> and they probably yeah. won't. But mm-hmm. we can only hope, right? Yeah. Things might change. And look, I uh, I don't follow Indian and Pakistani politics particularly closely. I like to think I know enough on the surface to yeah. kind of know what's going on and these kind of things. It seems to me that as long as Imran Khan is out of power in Pakistan, the, the relationship... I mean, we've seen Modi tweeting a little bit more about Pakistan and the floods. and I don't know if that would have happened if Imran Khan was still in power. Um, and obviously, we still wish everyone well in Pakistan mm. regarding the floods, and, and we hope that life can get back to normal for everybody affected, uh, 33 million-plus people as well, devastating stuff over there. So our thoughts are with you on that one. Um, it just seems that there's an opportunity maybe that the Indian government might not make amends completely with back, you know, but just the, the relationship might, there, there might be some sort of beginning in terms of better relations between the countries at that political level. And if that happens, then who knows? Well, what's the best way to get India and Pakistan, mm. you know, that, Probably that friendship a friend going being, once yeah. again? It's cricket, right? It's you come and tour here, we'll look after you, then we'll come there in a couple of years, you look after us. And it worked in the early 2000s, big time. Do you see Pakistan players in the IPL anytime soon? It... That's a long... I mean, that, <laughs> come on. Let, what, first things yeah. first, right? Let's, let's just play a bilateral series yeah. and then we'll talk about those sort of things. That That's not going to happen before... Shine and Bumrah and Archer in the be, same team. You want, I mean, the, come on, the Mumbai Indians cannot, yeah. cannot be allowed to do that. Have they got enough money? I mean, Shaheen's going to go for a lot of money if he's yeah. ever in the IPL. Um, he'd, he'd probably break all the records for overseas players, you'd think. Yeah. Right? Archer, they got on the cheap because he was injured, yeah. obviously, Mumbai Indians. But I say cheap, I mean, still, what, eight crores or something. Mm. So, you know, it's not cheap, but cheaper than he would have been. Probably half price, maybe. Yeah. Um, so half price discount because he was injured. He, who knows? Archer might not even be fit next year. You know, Archer's having serious problems mm-hmm. with his injuries at the moment. Um, and, and we'd love to see him in the IPL. But yeah, Shaheen would be great. I mean, look, you've even got some of the other pay. If you if you want to go pace, Nasim Shah and Mohammed Hasnain, the way They've got the ability to bowl. They took a little bit of tap yesterday, but we saw what Nassim did in the first game as well, causing all those problems. So, look, it would be great to see, mm-hmm. but let, let's let's not get carried away just yeah. yet. Um, let's try and get some bilateral relations going first and get the politicians talking. And, you know, let, let's hope that somewhere down the line, if that was to happen, then we'd get to a point where politics doesn't really 
have that yeah, much of a say yeah. in whether the BCCI and the PCB want to play a series together. Um, we can only wish. We yeah. can only wish. But I think the more cricket they play, the less trolling there will be. And uh, just before we move on to, to the next point, just a reminder that uh, you can listen to all of these podcasts on the 99.94 app. If you love cricket, then uh, do download that. It's free of charge. You can listen to our podcast and our commentary as well. We'll have more of that as well. We are the home of Cricket Audio online as well. We're adding new shows all the time. And the best way to follow us is via the app. But you can also download our podcasts via your usual podcast provider and watch on YouTube as well. Do subscribe, do comment, do get in touch with us on social media as well. It's at Nikesh Raghani and at SWARIS16. Uh, so we'd love to hear your thoughts on on how we're doing so far. And if there's anything you'd like to talk about as well, just let us know. So India losing the game then. Let, let's talk about the, the fielding as well. I mean, we talked about the drop catch, Arshdeep Singh. The fielding as well, I mean, both sides didn't sort of cover themselves in glory. India were, were better than Pakistan, I felt, overall in the field as well. But it's just those those crucial things. I mean, in a game like this, we saw how... Kohli was finding the gaps. I mean, it wasn't so much misfields, but it was finding the gaps and running those twos really hard. And he was brilliant at doing that and just just churning out the runs even when the boundaries dried up. He was still ticking the scoreboard over, still getting those twos and even those quick singles and things like that. India's fielding, what would you make of it overall? There was a misfield by Kohli also, which was very surprising. I was just... uh... Like, I just remembered randomly that, you know, John D. Rhodes has applied to be the India's fielding coach for the longest time. Like, I think every time he's applied, but he's not gotten in. BCC, I've not accepted. Uh, India's fielding on days, it's brilliant. On days, it's, you can do better, so much better. So, it's just, you know, that consistency. Probably India needs a person like John D. Rhodes in the setup because... It's great when it's great, but when it's not, it's just Kohli's misfielding. Jadeja's absence was felt very dearly yesterday. So, and in crucial matches with 180-odd to defend, the middle order scored around 43 in 38 balls top. You just can't afford uh, those fielding slips. So... Yeah, it's just, you know, should the BCCI get in someone like John D. Rhodes? He's been applying uh, to be the fielding coach or, you know, it's just... just get him an Indian citizenship and get yeah. him as, as a 12th man every time and get him to field, right? His daughter's <laughs> name is India, so yeah. Absolutely, yeah. He, he, he loves India and he talks about it quite a lot yeah. and obviously heavily involved in the IPL and it might help. I'd, at that level, though... yeah. I suppose it does because there's there's a lot of technical stuff that players might not know and, mm. and might not have been coached and you know there's there's little subtle things that he could bring in. It doesn't mean that he's going to overnight just make yeah. everyone into another John T. Rhodes because um, a lot depends on fitness and there's a lot of hard work to be put in to be a good fielder and, and a great fielder. Um, but India have got some very good fielders. Obviously, Kohli with the rare misfield. Kohli's a brilliant yeah. fielder. Hardik's a brilliant. You know. There's there's so many in the side who are just natural athletes and, and just are brilliant in the field. It wouldn't do you any harm to have a John T. Rhodes in the setup, though, yeah. you'd think. Trevor Penny has been involved previously. Now, for those who don't know about Trevor Penny, the cricketer, former Worcestershire player, Zimbabwean heritage, but spent his career playing in England. And the honestly, apart from John T. Rhodes, maybe, in that era, he was the best in the world, just wasn't good enough as a batter to make the England side. And But, but you know, as a coach and as a fielding coach, he's been with England. He spent a bit of time with India as well. Works quite closely with Duncan Fletcher. So that's the reason why he has tended to follow him around wherever he's been. Um, that seemed to help India at the time when Trevor Penny was around and such a brilliant coach, outstanding fielder in his time as well. And, you know, on that same level as John T. Rhodes as well. So, Either that, or if they don't accept John T. Rhodes' yeah. applications, time I don't know why they're not accepting his applications. Maybe they're just it's jobs for the boys, and they want somebody from within the Indian system to to be involved, like they have been over over the last few years. Um, either that, or you just get Ravi Jadeja to, yeah. to whip <laughs> these boys into shape, right? Because he's the best in the world at the moment. 
that could be the the the, the option not only on the field yeah jadeja's absence you know we've all been saying jadeja probably not the best player to be in the t20 t20 11 but then yesterday when he is not there and he's he won't probably play the t20 world cup also there's so many selection headaches that are uh, coming up with no jadeja like uh, do you play akshar patel it's a like to like like for like replacement but then akshar is not really the number 7 that you think he would be best at 8 9 maybe uh, do you p- play pant because of the left handed uh because he's the left hander india number 6 till number 6 they don't have a left hander uh but then in t20 is he's not really the best batter even yesterday like they sent him up the order to you know navigate those uh slow left arm spinners but then he played that rash shot and it was just like even rohit sharma was giving him a hearing after his dismissal uh which yeah so w- what do you do with no uh Jadeja there now and we've all, like yesterday also we saw Chahal was struggling he was flighting the ball up uh Hardik Pandya you don't think he can be your fifth bowler regularly best probably sixth bowler so what do you think India should do now like not only for the next match but yeah going forward well he's not world been cup. completely ruled out of the world cup is is looking unlikely yeah assuming he is ruled out yeah the, the what Dravid Raul Dravid has said is that look it's it's still a fair way away the yeah. T20 World Cup so we'll assess how about it's a knee injury that he's got so look it he could be out and if he is out then you're right Akshay Patel is what you what what on paper you would say is a like for like replacement mm-hmm. but he's not really because he's a decent fielder he's not nowhere near as good a fielder not no yeah. one is which is you know so there's never going to be a like for like in that department but with the bat is you make a great point he's he's not your number say he's not good enough to be a number 7 in a world cup um in those important situations so as a bowler yeah he's he can do a brilliant job he's probably slightly better in this format than jadeja is but do you go down that route do you go down a deepak hooda route those are the two options i think if you're looking yeah. to replace jadeja in the side with somebody who's an all-rounder who can bowl spin Hooda's more the batter and the very part-time bowler but then if you've got Hardik in the side then yeah. you could split the overs and look it didn't happen yesterday mm. for whatever reason I don't know if they didn't trust him or they just thought his style of bowling is is not going to go down well the way the Pakistanis were batting who who knows but they, then, they they talk yeah. about matchups and things so yeah. it was probably that if Hooda plays though Hooda has to bat up the order I think yeah. you can't bat at 7 so then you've got that dilemma so it's a difficult one really difficult we could just do with him getting fit yeah and with that it's you know with jadeja probably getting injured dinesh kartik's you know the dream of playing for india in the world cup probably he'll be in the squad but i don't know if he'll be in the 11 now with jadeja not there and yeah it's you know i'm very unfortunate for him also because uh, yesterday he was dropped he wouldn't probably wouldn't have been if uh, jadeja was fit pant came in because of that left handed thing and all that oh but yeah it's very unfortunate for dinesh kartik i hope he's not totally omitted but yeah i mean you could look if if you if they've got the obsession about left hander which i get it to an extent yeah. but then sometimes You know, I've talked to professional cricketers, I've commentated with a lot of them over the last few years and there's this overrated this whole thing about left-handers and they talk about match-ups and you've got oh no, you've got a left-arm orthodox spinner bowling to a left-handed batter, you can't do that. Yeah. Why why not? Yeah. Oh, the ball's spinning into him. Who cares? You know, if you're a good bowler, do you think Shane Warne didn't bowl to left-handers because the ball's spinning into them. I mean, what kind of rubbish yeah. is this? Is it's got they're, they're obsessed. There's too much this video analysis and all mm. these, you know, hundred people you've got with laptops sitting in the dressing rooms. At the end of the day, if you're a class bowler, you bowl against anyone. And all right, you might not if you're uh, spinning the ball into the left-hander, you might not want to be bowling with a short leg side boundary. You just bowl mm. from the other end. you know just simple things you could do so i think there's too much obsession about that sort of stuff 
And even just having, oh, we must have a left-hander in the top order. Mm. If you've not got one that's good enough, then yeah. just go with your best players, I think. Dinesh Kartik is so good at the death, against pace. So you're just like on current form, probably Dinesh Kartik over Rishabhant um, in your 11. Or but... put Rishabhant at the top. Yeah. Just which do it, Rohit might Sharma, not happen. listening. Yeah, do it. Yeah, which realistically might not happen because KL Rahul was decent yesterday and yeah. yeah. It feels like he's cemented his place. I mean, it was, you know, he's only 20-odd, but it feels yeah, like that's yeah. it now. He's answered that quite. But, you know, if he goes on and has another couple of bad games, who knows? Mm. There's not only Rishabh Bunt, there's Ishan Kishan who could come in, but mm. obviously if they're, they're not using him, in the playing 11 in this series, then that's not going to happen for the World Cup as well. It's too late, yeah. you feel, for that. But, you know, if they were obsessed about this left-handed, they, they needed more left-handers in the squad who've got that capability to bat at the top of the order and give one of them a go because you assume, you know, they, they would have assumed Jadeja would have been playing in these yeah. games and would have been fit. So then you've got two left-handers and you're sorted. Um, but if you're just going in with the assumption that we're going to have one left-hander in Jadeja if everyone's fit and Rishabh misses mm. out and DK comes in, who cares? If you've got a left-hander down at number seven or six or whatever it is, mm. sometimes might come up to five. I, I don't see the uh, the fascination with it. Just play your best players and get on yeah, with it. It doesn't yeah. matter if they're right-hand, left-hand, both-hand, yeah. whatever. <laughs> just, just get on with it. You want to win games of cricket by playing your best players, right? Yeah. And Rishabh Bunt at the moment in that role in the middle order in T Twenty cricket isn't the man. And we, mm. we've known that for quite some time. We've talked about his strike rate. If you're going to play him, he bats in the top three. Yeah. Otherwise, he doesn't play. He has to play in the power play. Opening is the best. Yeah, you can't leave out a player like Dinesh Kartik. Uh, I he was the KKR captain. I have a soft corner for him uh and you know not only that just you know he's been there around he played india's first t20i in 2006 and you know just being there not giving up on uh your dreams and he's always what he he said his dream is to play for india in the t20 world cup this year it's so close you know just make it happen just he deserves it he's been you know just overshadowed by Dhoni and this and that. So it's his time now, just, yeah. He's had a great autumn to his career. And, yeah. you know, we, we hope that he can have that fairy tale ending with lifting the World Cup and going out on a high in terms of his international career, at least. Yeah. He's, he's playing brilliantly, mm-hmm. better than he ever has in that role, finishing the innings. He's a nice guy, isn't he? Yeah. He's got a great beard. Yeah. He's very softly spoken. He's got a great... Fashion Shirt sense with shorts, yeah. Yeah, he's, I mean, you know, girls, you, you'd love to take a boy like Dinesh home to meet your mum and dad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't now, unfortunately, but, you yeah. know, he's that kind of guy. Right? <laughs> yeah. he just, he's just a nice guy. Yeah. Um, and he ticks a lot of boxes and he's playing well and you just want to see and him do well. And when he speaks, he's just, you know, you want to listen to what he's speaking. So much of maturity and, you know, just that yeah. calmness which has come into his game off late over the last two years. Uh, it's just, you know, he's very clear in what he can do and what he can't do, which, you know, is just uh, very admirable. And I hope he gets to play and he has a great World Cup. Well, we'll see if he's in the side for the next game. Game's coming thick and fast now. And this, this is a massive game now. India versus Sri Lanka yeah. on, uh, on Tuesday. Just one huge. question. Yeah, they have Sri Lanka have three left-handers. Do you think Ashwin coming in or do you think it's just, you know, stick with Chahel and Vishnoi? Chahel can be expensive when he's had those bad days. He will give more than 40 on, in his bad days. So do you think Ashwin comes in or they stick with Chahel? They could do, go down that route, but mm. if you're going to bowl Chahel and Bishnoi, mm. they'll bowl Googlies to the left-handers. Yeah. And we've seen it in, in T20 cricket around the world, even in the 100 in England, you get a quality leggy coming in, they won't bowl any leggies to the left-handers. It'll all be Googlies. Yeah, yeah. So you, you'd have to back them to be good enough to be able to do that. And they are good enough, and they should be able to do that. And then when the right-handers come on, then you stick to the leg spin or whatever you want to do. Um 
I just think go with your best side. And the way Bishnoi Boldy can't be dropped yeah. and Jahel won't be dropped because he's the number one choice for spinner going into that World Cup. So if they are going to play just one spinner, it will be Jahel. He's the man in possession. So I, I think you've got to stick with that. And you've got a ball hooder, maybe. Maybe just give Hardik an yeah. over or two. Um, save him, let him rest up, unless you really need him and Huda's getting smashed. Bowl Huda, why yeah, not? Bowl yeah. Huda, two, three overs, see how that goes. Give, give him an opportunity and, and might do well against the lefties. Um, hopefully that happens, but the pressure going into that game now, Sri Lanka obviously beating Bangladesh to get into this stage of the competition, having you know, both sides lost to, to Afghanistan, yeah. which was brilliant for Afghanistan. Um, but India with two tough games now. Pakistan have got that one win on the board, which is really, really important. India face Sri Lanka on Tuesday, Afghanistan on Thursday. And we expect India to win both those games. But we expected India to win against Pakistan. I expected yeah. India to win against Pakistan. So, yeah. Yeah. And look, got a good recent record against Sri Lanka as yeah. well in this format. But it's not a foregone conclusion at all, yeah, is yeah, it? Yeah, especially against Afghanistan, it'll be like I wouldn't say that the advantage is not with India, but then in T Twenty eyes, you never know. Especially you know with Rashid Khan there and all those. Well, you got Rashid Khan, you got Naveen Ul Haq, who's yeah. been in brilliant T Twenty form this year. Even in the Blast in England, he was playing for Leicestershire, my side, and top wicket taker in the competition in there. Mm. And you know, international level, he just ne- never seems to let the side down. So they. Rashid as well. They've got at the top of the order. They've got some power there with Gurbaz and Gurbaz. all those boys as well. So it's going to be not straightforward. And if they get going, who knows what yeah. they could do. But first it's Sri Lanka and we look forward to that game. And uh, once that game is done, we'll be here talking about it and hopefully talking about an India victory. But that's about all we've got time for on this episode. A little bit longer than usual, but always lots to talk about when it's India-Pakistan Uh, So thanks for staying with us. Thanks for joining us and uh, do join us again soon. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94. Please rate, review and subscribe. You can download the 99.94 app from where you get your apps usually. And you can follow us personally on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nikesh Raghani and Sarah is at Swaris16. We'll put links up for everything we do there on this podcast and beyond. And you can also follow our network at 99.94DM on social media. Remember, if you love cricket, then we are the home of Cricket Audio. Follow us for podcasts and commentary from the bat and ball world. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation 99.94. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers. Every episode of Double Down with Breslow is packed with insider tips, deeply skilled analysis, and in-depth discussions. Don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting. Listen to Double Down with Breslow on the Evergreen Podcast Network or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Double Down with Breslow, the business of sports betting podcast.